Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this guy. Me, the shift supervisor that uh, that is stocking paints at Blick's. <laughs> What's the paint? Uh, the paint mixer. The paint mixer at Blix, yes, exactly. I feel like this yeah, the yeah. beard has grown beyond a place where um, it, it, it could be anything else than otherwise. I, I'd have to work in an art supply store at this point. There's no other job that would have me. No, you could work at Hot Topic. Like I could, I could, but but only in the back Car and only wash. in a creepy way. Not in that way that like you were really working at the Hot Topic so much as you were just sitting in the Hot Topic, staring and glaring, glowering. Right, you're you saying that like word. up front. You're, you're yeah. saying like the only place up front, the only yeah. place that would let you work up front with people would be yeah. an art store. Right. Yes, an art store. Privately store, owned yeah. one. Privately yes. owned. Yes, right, right. Nothing yeah. national. No national brands like a. Yeah, not like, like Shores just, or something. Like my wife owns it, and I just get to work there on the weekend. Yeah, it's like your wife's friend's parents' daughter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she's exactly. like, oh, Jason's fine. He's fine. Don't worry it's about okay. him. Don't let the beard confuse you. He's a really nice guy. He just doesn't have access to shaving equipment right now. He tries to work on compost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. It's, it's like, hey, I'd be, I'd be the one guy that's like, hey, um, can I have the rest <laughs> of your French fry oil? Um, I really, my BMW only takes French fry oil now, and um, I, need to, I need to get home. Now, let me just tell you something. There is nothing um, that... <laughs> You just, I'm just thinking about that fun, that visual. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Did everybody get that, or is that just me? I don't know. Okay. Let's start over. Welcome to a new episode. How you doing? How's everybody? We are here. We are here. And we have great guests today. But before we jump on that, first of all, I did this, the, the Madison Reed. We see you did not. No, I had did not yet. Not yet. We had some right. technical difficulties. It's called hot right. but heat you, wave. But, well, so what does that mean? For you. So that means... Look, here's what I did. Uh, let's just go through mine first. You can still yeah. see the gray thing, right? Yeah, I can see the line now that you've taken off. I didn't notice it before, but I can kind of see it now, I think. Right, right. But it's not nearly as pronounced, right? No, right. it looks like it's really blended in really well. Yeah, it doesn't look like that shoe polish actor studio look, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm. James Lipton thing going on. No, it looks no. good. It looks... Yeah. It looks, I feel it like looks pretty natural okay. to me. I think I'm okay. Yeah, I, I approve it. For all their uh, um, low-rent shipping and, and packaging, the product itself, again, it's not anything that I've seen that's so different. I don't know, like, usually when I use, when I tried using the Just For Men, it's you add the color and you take the foam stuff and you mix it up and then, uh, you know, you, you and you put it in your hair, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is basically the same thing, except you put the color in first and then you put it in your hair and then you put the foam stuff in, you put it in your hair. It's still mixing in the same way. It's just like kind of cutting out the middleman. The the middle mix. You just don't have the a middle mix. You know, the middle mix. It looks good. I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen anybody say differently yet, but I think it looks good. I think it looks what good. What does she say? The gray beard looks hot. Oh, she says, she says the gray beard looks hot. She, she has to right now because... That's all she's going to get. So she's either, it's starting to, but it's to separate into its own little pieces. Like I have like these mutton chop pieces of it. And then there's this. So it's like, it's got, it's fragmenting. It's, it's, it, my beard is growing into its own three separate spots. I'm going to have to uh, rubber band it, Captain Lou Albino style. I feel like there's going to be uh, at some point 
when you're at your place, just a nest of birds is going to come flying out. <laughs> like, ah! Exactly. <laughs> just out of the beard. Like they were living in there for like maybe three months until they got the balls to fly. <laughs> and then like right fun. out of your beard, they did. <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd I mean, be I, I wouldn't be bad. Cartoon dream. Cartoon dream. I'm telling you. We have some good cartoon dreams. All right. So, listen, but but here's the thing. We started talking. We started, You're in a weird mood today. We started talking about, or maybe that's me. <laughs> that's in a, a weird mood. It might be me. I think it might be both. Um, but we started talking about with the paint mixer, right? I once mm -hmm. went to a psychic. You know, these sounds, right? The, I went to a psychic, and <laughs> this psychic told me it was a deaf psychic, by the way. Okay. D-E-A-F, not D-E-F. Right. Right. I appreciate the irony. And yeah. <laughs> uh, he told me to go stand, you know, because I'm a musician, too. So if I want to find my sound, he said, I should go stand in a auto mechanic shop in the garage and just listen to all the noises, like, like every possible thing. It didn't it didn't help at all. But, <laughs> but what it did, what it did do was it made me very uh, alert and aware of because you were talking about the paint mixer, like every sound that's going on, where it's coming from, how it's mm -hmm. there. And then I had a guy. This is actually an interesting story. It was a movie that I was going to direct and. They spent a grip of money. They sent, I was living in New Orleans. We had Gary Oldman playing one of the leads. And uh, I was directing and I wrote it. And but there's a reason I bring this up. <laughs> okay? Uh, because the first, before I got to get to Gary, his mm -hmm. manager, Douglas Urbanski, agreed to have a sit down with me, like a breakfast. And okay. we sat down, and he's like, I've never directed anything. And I'm like, so I'm like, Jesus, I might get Gary Oldman to do my movie. Like, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm still right. a fan, you know? Big, 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 big fan. First question, Douglas, and I'm, I'm pretty much, I prepare for meetings. Like, I'm talking like deep dive background stuff, things like where you went to school, I can connect it to your movie. You know how I do. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I do this for everything. The first question he asked me, I, uh, I didn't prepare for it at all, was what's the soundscape of the film? And it was from that moment on, I mean, I tried to bullshit my way through an answer, and then I just stopped, and I was like, Douglas, listen, you're going to have to tell me that, because I don't understand right. that. And it was like from that right. moment, that was like 2010, you know, what, right. or, you know it was like it was 2008 or nine at that point. Okay. But it made me, from that moment on, it made me really like, okay, I have to look at every movie that I've looked at and every movie I'm going to look at now from a completely different way. Uh, you know, or look at or listen to in a completely different manner. So I, I tell that story because it, it sent me on this journey of really understanding much more so than just being on the post side and watching people do stuff and they're going, that sounds good. That doesn't sound right. good. You know, uh, understanding how it's going to tie into story and this kind of deep dive stuff we do here. Well, it's, it's not just to, to story. I think, um, you know, my experience with it and learning about all that was through video games and making and designing and developing video games. And mm -hmm. it's not just about store, how it applies to story, but also immersing you in the situation. Like you all, it changes, a you know, we, I was playing video games before I came out here. Um, I was, I, excuse me, sorry. I was working, um, while Tony Hawk was playing in the background and I happened to have the controller in my hand and, um, I, I had really? to get on a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, oh, wait, and I turned actually Tony Hawk. 
No, 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 not actual. To- the video See, game. Tony right. Hawk I, I had a whole other thing in my head. Like Tony Hawk was there. He was doing. No. It. Never mind. Go on. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. He just hitting that. Right. He's, he's helping me. That. He's helping me unpack boxes. Um, would be rad. Go on. Uh, yeah, go but, on. Uh, that's, but that's what happened. But 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 I had to turn the sound off on the game to make the phone call. It mm-hmm. made it screwed up my entire game. I can't play it anymore because I don't. I don't know where I am in the situation. I don't. I, I need the audio cues to help me understand what I'm doing, to understand what I'm landing on, what I'm doing. It, it just makes it a lot, you know. But it really, you know. And we, I've been playing that that uh, that samurai game. All the audio, all the sounds, all the the ambient sounds are what lead you to specific places. Um, it's just still on it, that. Yeah. Oh, I love that game. Um, but it's crucial to all this stuff. And and even when we would do um, tests and show people the game. You have to have audio in there. If you're going to show it to somebody, if you're going to let somebody play it, it changes everything just by, you know, just by creating a very immersive soundscape. And it's not just, it's very important. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so so I think without further ado, because we're very fortunate to have here today, the no- Emmy, now we're getting a lot of Emmy noms. People, you know, this is very good. I love this. And from one of our favorite shows. So we have the Emmy nominated uh, sound editors for The Boys. And let's just, I mean, I really don't want to, I mean, we let's can bring it a little more, but I want to bring them on. So let's just get without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Wade Barnett and David Barbie. Yes. Where are they? You know, we don't have. We usually have applause in the background, you know, artificial applause. But but Jason's bored in the move. It got, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for Thanks having us, David Wade. Um, so wait, David, you're are you guys both in Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's just start. I, I don't know if you caught what we were just talking about with this idea of soundscape. Um, I kind of want to start with the idea of like when you pro the boys is one of uh, here at the show and, and my personally one of our favorites. So when you guys approach a show like this and you're going into something that's got a, you know, a pre existing IP, you know, from a pretty popular graphic novel writer and, you know, you have a director looking at it a certain way, but really, and we're going to show some clips and we'll talk about those more in depth, but h- how do you first approach this when you get brought onto this and, how do you start relating your, what you're doing in the soundscape to the characters? Um, well, on the show, it, it all started with meeting with Eric Kripke, who's the showrunner, executive producer, um, and just letting him know or letting, you know, having him tell us what he has, you know, visualized for each character. You know, the superheroes, really, the, the sound design for the superheroes is what we started with. Um, and that was before we even had seen uh picture any visual effects you know we were working off of sketches and pre-visual you know uh drawings um and just kind of bouncing ideas off of him um and doing rounds of sound design reviews until we kind of got the you know the framework and the template for each sound design uh for each superhero kind of locked into place what is that but but let's even go a little deeper in there what does that look like like explain what that means like sound design template and you're looking at this you know these sketches but kind of give us a little more on that if you don't mind this is interesting yeah to- yeah totally so um yeah we were working off of like previs which is like you know basically a, a number of drawings like you know like almost like a, like a sketchbook you know um and we would we were working off of um you know, sound editing, like layering, uh, sound design elements, um, Mm -hmm. and, and doing and bouncing them out, you know, in different versions to Eric. So he can, you know, listen to option a, B and C and and tell us, you know, he likes the low end of option a and, you know, the goriness of B and then, well, C is not very good. So we'll, so then we'll mix and match the different, 
um, elements that he likes, lose the ones that he doesn't like, and then just keep building our template for each character until we have something that kind of works. Right, as you're attaching them to each character, right? And, and, and David, David, you're in on this as well, right, at this point? Uh, yeah, I, Wade's relaying to me the things that Eric is saying. I didn't end up meeting Eric until a little later on in the process. Um, but a lot of the conversation starts going along with all of those different um, passes we're making. Is a lot of It was very important to Eric that everything sound organic, meaning that their bodies could actually be making this sound. We can't go to science fiction, can't be Transformers, you can't be... It, it had to sound somehow naturally occurring. So <laughs> how do you, how, wait a minute. How do you make things that are absolutely not natural naturally occurring with especially with all that stop motion that's being used? And, well, you just explained the, the the dilemma. Exactly it. Like you start saying what's gonna work. And so you start mm -hmm. like one character she just shoots electricity out of her palms. So, well, okay, you're not gonna go with a lot of synthesizer kind of sound. You're gonna go with a lot of lightning and a lot of um, mm. sparks and real like the things that you might hear electricity naturally do. And you start heading in that direction, and then you use those other sounds kind of sparingly to support kind of underneath, just to fill it out, maybe give it some power, maybe give it whatever the moment needs it to be, so that you also realize that this is also naturally occurring, but she's also a badass. So we've got, right. you know, she can blow a hole in your head and she will if she wants to. So you need to feel that. Right. Um, and she might do by accident too, if she gets too excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying the risk is there, right? I mean, oh, wait, so we're looking at a clip right now. This is the first clip of uh, the the lead uh, girl, the superhero, the new one, right? What's her name? You Sorry, tell me. Eyes. Starlight. Starlight. Starlight, yes. Get away from the and camera and you should close your eyes or else I'll... Tied on a video camera. All right. She's being recorded. It just keeps Wait, pushing in. Sorry, are you all right? Everything's sideways. Um, okay, so first of all, you're just I'm letting the people who are just listening know. Uh, <laughs> there's like five or 18 different things going on in that one explosion, right? You have the camera dropping. I mean, tell me what's going on there. Oh, right. like you're saying, five or 18 right. things or 37. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's right, but you're combining them all with the score, right? At the same time, like you're taking the camera dropping, it moving, the actual explosion, and you're picking explosions. Uh, are they matched to her character? Eventually, yes. As those trial and error or whatever began, we started finding a base group of elements that was going to be Starlight's punches. And then as the series evolved, we would add modify whatever as the moment needed so if she needed to be doing something particularly more aggressive we would try to sell that with the moment as well um and i do believe you might hear an actual cannon being fired in there um oh, wait, you, know, you I guys i was gonna ask you I was yeah. gonna ask, wait, wait, so before i forget you ever see that crazy hbo show guys that mark duplass did where he played the sound guy oh yeah together yeah. togetherness Yes, togetherness. Thank you. And he would run around with his boom, and he'd pick up. He wants natural sounds for everything. Are you guys like this? Do you go around picking up sounds? What have you heard? <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Uh, I, I maybe I, heard you do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I got a handheld recorder, and uh -huh. yeah. If I stumble onto, if I go on vacation and it's someplace I know I won't be able to get back to easily, 
I'm taking my recorder because you never know when you're going to stumble onto something awesome. And you just, it's like uh, kids we're, we're waiting 10 minutes. Dad has to record this. It's the way it is. Room, room noise. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. This room is totally unusual. <laughs> yeah, everybody, daddy says, everybody be quiet, <laughs> but it's pretty crazy. Right? You could take your iPhone now and the recorder on there, you record something, you could almost take that and use it. Right. I mean, you'll enhance it, but it's usable or not so much. In a in a pinch, if it's a really cool sound, and that's the only way you're going to get it, you know what I mean. Right. I've definitely I've definitely busted out my iPhone before to record stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's not ideal, but if you know you're never going to hear that sound again up close, you know, you know, might as well get it, right? All right, that's fair. That's, that's fair. Okay, so now when you're approaching something like this show, because it's a mammoth thing, right? You know, you have good. Everybody's good. Everybody's bad. But is this playing into how you're? cutting the sound together you know like as an editor's cutting he's looking at story and he's looking at sequences are you guys doing the same thing just with sound yeah we, we try to use the sound to help uh, tell a story as much as possible like you know for starlight what we were just showing with her you know the way she kind of like draws in energy you know what i mean we try to use whatever is in scene by scene you know she might be drawing it in um in a different way or you know from different sources so we try to use stuff like that um, you know, and depending on if she's what emotion she's feeling at a certain time, like we try to, you know, oh. help tell the story. You know what I mean? So you uh, will help. take that into effect. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah, most most definitely. Okay, Jason, you want to? Uh, we could run up the next clip because I, I think the next one is the one with the with the truck, right? And uh, we have that stop motion there with uh, Jace. Want to? Maybe not. <laughs> Okay, I have tons of questions. <laughs> Not that so good anyway. Go back to it. No, it's really good. It's <laughs> oh, like that one, and then I hope we're saving the, you know, up oh, there. You see? Here we go. I told you, he's always there. So the truck's coming. It's a chase, like an armored car chase. Cops are after it. Kids, looks like it's going to hit these kids. <laughs> In the air. Oh, right in front of the cop cars. All right. She just jumps in front of this truck, and now every piece of this truck's mechanics is flying past her and like rattling around her as the truck goes all the way through. She's now in the back of the armor truck. It's just the aftermath. And this guy gets the genius idea. Let's take these kids hostage. <laughs> There's a superhero around, so this is probably a good idea. Stay back. Just stay the fuck back. Guns on the kids. <laughs> That's a signature sound to me. The la lasers are just melting the gun to the guy's hand. Bullets aren't going to work against him, man. Don't you know that? He threw him. He hasn't landed yet. And that's where we cut on that one. All right, guys, tell us what's going on there, because like a million things. There's a million things. You just said it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I can say that. That's fine. I can be in the macro. We need you guys for the meta. Go. Well, it's... I mean, a chase sequence, honestly, the, the thing that starts making a chase sequence great is great picture editing. And David Trachtenberg edited this, and it is cut in such a way that 
there's plenty for me to work with when I'm doing the sound effects and the sound design, because with all of those different edits and the changes in ch camera angles, I've got a lot of places that I can go. And it's not just what you're hearing on the screens. I mean, obviously you need to hear the engine of the truck and you need to hear the skids and the, you know, there's an impact there and there's all of those things. But what you probably don't notice is the little animal growls that are in there and the little stingers and punches on picture edits just to make the next picture edit a little more exciting. Um, you know, obviously she jumps out of the truck and she lands on the little metal platform on the back. And uh, I mean, there's a like huge car hit actually for her feet landing on that. And we're, we're gonna make her sound like she's 9,000 pounds falling onto that uh, little bumper. You know, all everything about this is add power, add, add more. And the boys really, um, that was kind of the thing is that we working with Amazon, working with Eric Kripke, there was no too much. It was sort of an opportunity is, you know, this show's got very dark overtones. So oh, yeah. when we're doing fights and whatnot, you know, put bone breaks. Yes. Squishy, you know, good. I mean, you yeah. know, this, we, I know they probably show it a little later. There's a big clip with a whole lot of gore. And I mean, oh, yeah. we're getting to that. Tons. <laughs> I mean, we just, you can't put in too much. So we had lots of room and lots of flexibility to really flex some muscles and do some fun things. Yeah, it's really nice to work with a company like Amazon where you get this, you know, big push. And like you said, they're not telling you no. They're like, oh, you need to, you know, have 9,000 parts flying in the air, clinking against each other. Go figure out how to do that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's nice. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Basically, yeah. What do you got, Jason? I'm just curious what lasers, what are made, what are, what are the sounds that make lasers? Like, what do you guys use to create that sound of her blasting through this, uh, Good question. Machine gun. Oh, the, the laser eyes. Well, that's, it's funny. One of those things, I mean, Homelander's character is clearly an homage to Superman. So of course he had the laser vision and that's obviously something that going back to the show in the fifties, everybody has that sound in their mind is that's what laser vision sounds like. So when we get to something like this, I've got a little bit of room to play with, but not a ton because it's mm -hmm. got a kind of, you've got to attach it right away. If I made that thing sound like a fish flopping on the ground, it's not going to work. Um, so th there is, you know, some very typical synthy lasery stuff in there, but there's electrical crackling going on in there. And there's a little bit of a fire element going on in there. And you just, you know, a little sizzle. I think there's eggs sizzling in that one, maybe. Um, wow. it, it may not be eggs, it might be steam. There's a sizzle of some sort going on in there too. And all of that is just, you know, it's Homelander who, as we discover as the series comes on, is not exactly what he appears. So we want <laughs> exactly. his character to have a little bit of an ominous overtone. So we're gonna give his powers a little bit of that. Okay, so I wanna just, you know, back take it back like a notch and ask like a really simple question. Like what, what, what's the difference between like the sound design and the sound mix? Is that, is that a fair question? Like, yeah. You know, for layman. Sure. Yeah. So the sound design um, happens in editorial. So it's like editing, you know, choosing which sounds actually um, get used. So, you know, for a, a build and for, you know, Homelander's laser eyes, we might have 30, 40 sounds layered in on specific tracks. And, you know, it's not only that, you have the dialogue editorial, you have the ADR, which is dialogue replacement, you have the Foley, which is all the props. Um, and then you have the music department sending all of their, all of their material in. So once the sound design is ready and all those other materials are ready, then we compile them and send them to the mixers into the mix stage. 
Um, and they're the ones who take the edited elements and, you know, mix them, EQ them, lower them and raise them when they needed to fill them spatially throughout the mix and, you know, and, uh, make them feel like, you know, you know, they fit the atmosphere for what you're seeing on camera mm-hmm. and they decide, you know, when, when to feature music and when to feature dialogue and when to feature sound design. Um, and so that, that's kind of what the mixers do, you know, make it all weave organically together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it looks like it was all just that way. Like we, yeah. we just filmed it that way. That's how it sounds. <laughs> that is actually yeah. it. We're, we're completely full of it. We have nothing I do on there. This is all the way it actually sounded. Yeah, we're done. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, I didn't even understand when I was a kid. I, I went to school with this guy whose dad was a big like sound mixer. This guy Lee Dichter, and he is a big guy in New York. So that was the only reason I started to understand that it's a thing. Even like, oh, like it's not recorded like that. This is you know, <laughs> this is not the way it goes. So so for me now, this is like where you know you hear about stuff with. Uh, we're gonna play that. Get, get that next clip ready, Jason, because you hear about stuff like where they do the zombie land. There's like eighty gallons of pig blood and this and that. But this inciting incident here, we see the Quaid kid kissing his girlfriend at, at on the street, and this is what really launches this series. This is the conspiracy that sends us down the rabbit hole. So. Kissing you ever lovey dovey. Smirch belly Oh. oh. oh Little pieces of trickles of blood in slow mo, like 10,000 BPU, are just starting to hit Quaid's face. But the wind, like, it's almost like G forces. The reveal is just the sickest. It's, it's just. All the blood and organs in your body swirling around because it's moving too fast to drop to the floor as they finish this like 180. And then it all just dropped. I can't stop. 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 It's just covered in blood. And when he took off and he ran, what you heard were the cars jumping off the cement. And now he's just holding her hands with like her wrists attached. That's all that's left of her. Okay, that blew my mind because the squelching alone. I mean, what 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 did you guys do here? Please, please tell us some secrets or something because that is th- that to me is already why you got the Emmy. So let me just hear, you know, let me just hear what you did here. No, no pun intended. Well, uh, this was one of the first shots we got to work on, so we got to spend a little bit of time on this before the show really got started to kind of play with it. Um, so that advantage was huge. Because uh, we got three or four or five passes at it before we started to really sink into it. Uh, and it was a shot that really evolved over time because the visual effects kept evolving over time as well. Um, but in looking at this from my chair, I have to look at the various elements to this. I've got a superhero here whose name is A-Train. And this is the first time we see him. So we need to decide what A-Train's going to sound like. Mm-hmm. And then I've got to blow his girlfriend to bits. Uh, we've got to make all of the blood and all of her body just hang in the air for 30 seconds or so. And th- was that precise? Did you, was it, did someone weigh how much that would be? I mean, seriously, it looks precise. It's so sick. <laughs> like, what's the mandate here? Well, they're like, listen, we know how many ounces of blood, how many pounds. This is how the weight it's going to be. Is this ever a discussion like Stanislavski stuff? <laughs> I was not privy to this conversation. Wade, were you? <laughs> you haven't worked with me yet, guys. Wait. <laughs> I'm sure the visual effects team had that conversation for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so what do you decide on here? Because you have to make a drop. Let's just talk about the sound of the human body uh-huh. that's going to drop when this slow-mo come, you know, kicks back into real time. Is this all, is this a, 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 you know, a cacophony of different things you're using to make that sound? Yes. In short, yes. Oh, great. It's just, well, yeah, I mean. Don't go in short. Yeah. Well, it's sort <laughs> okay. of a, it's everything. Yeah. It's everything from the lightest, smallest little trickly elements to big, thick mud and rocks, um, flat buckets of water. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think for the gore in that shot, for all of the various bits of her thing, there's probably 15, 16 elements easily, maybe more. Um, you know, bones cracking and ripping and, uh, it's just like every horrible thing you could think of someone recording. What are you using for that though? I'm saying like, what are, is there like uh, a, uh, you know, uh, all these sounds available and you're just like, Oh, bone cracking. Yeah. yeah. Actually. Yes. <laughs> have, have any of them actually been of bones cracking? Like, are any, like, do you have to get to choose from real sounds? Like, do doctors or hospitals send in sounds? I feel like this is a new business we're going to start together, guys. <laughs> That's just getting really morbid. Uh, no. Yeah, no, listen, it's a morbid shot, man. It I is. mean, Good come point. on. It's a fair She's point. She's eviscerated. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, no, do you know, there are Smash sound recordings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on. There are sound recordings of people, like, tearing apart a whole chicken, for instance. Um a dead See? one. It was dead already. Uh, let's be clear. Um, yeah, no, listen, I, I, I just want to hear it. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is fascinating to me. But you no, know, an, no, no animals were harmed. In the <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I know it's Amazon. Believe me, you guys are by the T to everything. Trust me. This thing, you guys have so much. It's like you have all the oversight, but they leave you alone to be creative. Yes. 100%. Thankfully, yeah, on a show like this, we needed that. Well, I hear this from everybody, you know, from all the different Amazon people and all the different people working on the shows there. It's like, it's oversight, like their their asses are protected, and yet, you know, go do what you do best. Yeah, on a show like this, thank God we're on Amazon. You know, if this was a network show, we wouldn't have had half as much fun making these sounds and doing all the gory head smashes and bone-breaking sounds, you know. If this were on, you know, a lot of other platforms, we would have been asked to dial it back, and instead we were asked to push it further, which is really cool. And again, this is, I'm just going to ask one more kind of silly layman question, but you know, the difference, both of you guys have worked on features, both of you guys have worked on series, right? What do you like better? And what do you find the main differences are between the two? Um, the main, I, I would say the main difference, uh, t- typically on a film, you're working with a director, um, as like the main like vision, uh, behind the, like the, the overall idea for the, you know, what the show should sound like. Um, and television, you're typically working with a showrunner, an executive producer. Um, and then the other thing is that uh, the schedules and the workflows are just a lot different. Um, creatively, sound-wise, we're doing a lot of the same things on a film that you are on a streaming show or a TV show. Um, so creatively and, and technically, we're doing a lot of the same stuff. Um, but, you know, the schedules are and the turnaround times in television and streaming shows are a lot quicker and a lot shorter. So decisions have to be made a little bit more quickly. <laughs> uh, you, you don't, yeah, you don't, you know, on film, you know, a lot of times you can just drag it out. And then a lot of times it does drag out for very long periods of time. Um, yeah. And the, and the director can get you to do things, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in, in, in an infinite amount of times to do that kind of stuff, because there is the, the, the luxury of having the time to do it. So.
Uh oh. Did we lose him? Did he just? We lost it? him. <laughs> lost in a thought. Look at him. We can apply new sounds to him. <laughs> if I had a burp sound effect, just right there. <laughs> um, well, I'm not going to try and figure out where he's going with anything because I don't know. He he knows movies a lot more than I do, and all this how all this stuff works from a production angle. I run a podcast network, um, and so we are almost all of our focus is on audio and and working on this stuff. And so I think for oh there he is. So uh, never mind. I won't. I don't have need to even ask a question because he's back. No, what did you have? I well, mostly I'm curious for people. Stuff. Um, mostly I'm curious about for people. Like one of the reasons we do this show is to show the the way how how people who may not be in the business or might not be in LA or understand how to get involved in this type of work, get involved in this kind of work. So I'm just curious from you guys. How did you get? How did you get here? What? Where? Where did you go to school? Was this an intent? You know, was this intentional? Were you? In, uh, how did you get to this this job? Uh, I kind of got started. Um, I, I I grew up playing in bands, um, mm-hmm. so I was I was a musician, um, and I did study broadcast production in college. But then I, I moved out to LA because I wanted to record. I wanted to be work in a recording studio, basically. Um, and be an engineer and maybe, you know, produce music. And then I got to LA and it was like 2005 and all the recording studios were closing. (laughs) 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 The music industry was, uh, going through some big transformation. So I went back and did an audio engineering program to learn, you know, how to, uh, you know, signal flow and how to, to record, uh, more skillfully. Um, and in, they had some post-production classes and I, fa- I learned, I found out all that this whole other world that I, I was always a fan of film and television, but I found out that, you know, sound editing it is, you know, something I could make a, a career, you know what it's I mean? An and thing. Yeah, it's an art. yeah it's, it's an actual thing. And, you know, I was young yeah. and I had never really thought about that. I was just, you know, uh, looking to make music at the time. Um, and so w- once I got into that and I could realize that, you know, sound design was really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how I got into it. Right on. David, how about you? Yes, um, I went to school thinking I wanted to work in radio and, uh, discovered that I wasn't very good at that, but I had a whole lot of fun playing with sound and that happened I, to me with acting. <laughs> go on. Um, so I got very fortunate because it turned out that the woman that was my advisor on campus knew the chief engineer at a facility called Skywalker Sound South. And, uh, I know just, uh, just <laughs> off. I know, I You're know, Skywalker? I mean, like... well, for, I interned there for nine weeks and I got to see true lies being mixed and, um, you know, natural born killers was finishing up and there was a few wow. things floating around. Um, so was, that was my introduction. And then a year later I graduated school and I knew sound for picture was where I wanted to go. So I just, you know, started making calls and, Got lucky and wound up at a gig at a facility called Tadeo Glen Glen. And at the time, one of their big clients was Aaron Spelling. So they had Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place. And so you've, you've edited, you've sound edited my scenes. <laughs> actually, uh, you were connected with Entourage, right? I was, yeah. Yeah, you, you uh, I want to say you wrote for it in 2005. Am I correct? You are? You're I, absolutely correct. You're good. I cut a couple of episodes. I helped out. It wasn't my main gig, but I helped out in 06 and 07, so we just missed each other. Oh, man. And and when you were on 902 and 0, I was, uh, you know, the rapist. I raped Kelly. 
in season <laughs> nine and ten. Yeah, that's right. I'm very proud of this. And Mr. Spelling, though, Mr. Spelling was my mentor, though. He, we had I'm a whole here. discussion about, yeah. So, I mean, working with Mr. Spelling, I know. Don't you miss him? I do. Well, I actually never met the, to be honest with you, I was far you enough never met away. Him? No, I never got a chance to oh, meet him. the best him, guy uh, ever. Yeah. Really? Yeah, but I mean, look how many people, you didn't meet him and, and you were employed doing his stuff. It's like, I love this. I no, you know working. what? I ran across some of the actors at, at times, but um, I, I, when I started actually editing, Melrose Place was my first gig and I was working nights. I'd start at five in the afternoon and work until three, Ooh. four, five in the morning. So Melrose Place. Yeah, I did the last season <laughs> of Melrose Right. So it's like, and that's the thing too. It's not that this is, I mean, do you guys consider it glamorous? I mean, to me, it's very cool. It's like you're playing with all the best toys, but are you not, you're not working with talent per se, but you're working with the main creatives all the time. Correct. Yeah, most definitely. So you're really seeing these things get put together beginning to end. No doubt. Yeah. In post-production. Sure. So like, we're not, we're not on set too much, you know, we're on set, you know, working with actors doing ADR. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's pretty much the only time that you know, we work with the actors directly is in ADR. Um, but yeah, I mean, we see, you know, from the, from the time we did, you know, this, the picture editing process starts, you know, we're involved from then on. So yeah, we get to spend a lot of time with the, the showrunners and the producers. Cause uh, let me just ask you one more question before we let you go, which is this, uh, do you guys, are, are you having to now consciously sound edit for iPhones for, you know, like the different, you know, iPads, is it a different mix or different things going on to make things like Quibi only wants their stuff coming this way? Does that require a whole different way of looking at things for you, et cetera? Or, and also for Dolby Atmos, you know, the, uh, the other end of the spectrum. Totally. Yeah. So if you're on a show that is Dolby Atmos, there's a, a totally different mix that happens that where it's Atmos. I did a show for Facebook Watch where the, the audio spec was uh, very compressed, you know, so that, you know, it could be featured on a mobile device or an iPad. Um, well, obviously that's what Facebook is going for. So yeah, you, you definitely mix for the, whatever you think the audience is going to be viewing on, you know what I mean? Um, right. But you won't do multiple mixes, like one mix that's going to the iPhone, let's say, or one that's going to Dolby Atmos and, you know, and is Sonos even coming into this now or, or Bose or, you know what I mean? Like as far as what, the output is when it's coming to me as the consumer. I haven't heard anything about like a Sonos spec or anything like that. I, that's, that's, that would be new to me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, luckily like on, on a show like Amazon, basically we mix in five one, which is, you know, it's a little surround sound, non Atmos. Um, but then we, there's technology that you have the five one mix and then it just gets folded down. Um, mm. digit, there's, you know, there's a spec that folds it down into a stereo mix. Um, which we call an LTRT, which is, you know, what you would hear on just like a regular television or a laptop. Right. Okay. And, and what you're hearing, though, you could go into Arclight, let's say, and play on those speakers and it's going to sound amazing. 100%. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so what we do on the mix stage is we like, you know, we have a we mix on the bigs, but then we have smaller uh, speakers available that, um, you know, just to mimic like a more like a souped up home record or a home setup. And then we'll check certain we'll check certain scenes to make sure that everything's translating well. That's what I'm saying. It's meticulous work. Jason, do you have anything le- uh, you want to ask before we let these gentlemen uh, go off on their merry way and do more work? I don't have anything to ask right now, but I'm gonna have to hit them up if I uh, if one of these uh, radio plays that we're doing need a need a new laser sound. 
Um, <laughs> we got this. Uh, we got this uh, apocalyptic rock opera we're making right now. So I might hit you guys up for some sound effects. <laughs> right on, <laughs> right on, guys. Well, guys, congratulations again on the nomination and all the great work. And pl- can't wait for the boys season two. When is it? When is it dropping in September? September you know? four. I think September fourth. Yeah, it's coming up pretty quick. Right on, Cannot guys. wait. Season two. So everyone should binge season one right now. Get caught up for season two. And again, guys, seriously, thank you for being here. Congratulations. Come back when you win, please. Yeah, uh, cheers, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Amazon. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Damn yeah, man. awesome. Oh, man. Wait. All right. So, you know, again, we get into these deep dives, but I, I, I love it. Now they're gone, and I'm thinking about like three more questions. What, what, <laughs> what, were, you, what were you thinking? Oh, nothing. Um, we got ourselves uh, temporarily banned from uh, YouTube for a little bit because of the gore. Um, so we need to watch out next time we play anything with that much blood. <laughs> wait, wait, if I wasn't, if I was not describing it, would we have been banned? We would have still because it was the video. Someone's watching it. Some, well, algorithms are always checking for blood, maybe skeletons. And uh, we just got to remember that next time. We'll get it back. We'll get it back up there. Yeah, we'll get it back up there. We just got to remember that for next time. Yeah. Wait, are we still off? Um, we're still off. We'll be we'll be back on here shortly, but uh, I'm working oh, on that right. Now. Yeah, but we got it. We're everywhere else. Cool. We're still live. Oh, absolutely. I thought that was, dude. This is another one of those things. YouTube is cool. <laughs> just like we're talking yes. with Miss Maisel, and just like we were talking about with costume design, audio is one of those things. And I I know this because this is my business. But you know you and you know this because you make and write and think in this way, but. It's such an underappreciated piece of everything. Nothing sounds good. You know, nothing is worse than nothing. a bad mix. Nothing's worse than a bad mix. Nothing can take me out of a, a movie faster than if the audio is just a little off. Like, just think about it. If the mouth, the voices don't line up just a little bit, oh. much less the audio and sound doesn't make sense. And that's sense. at the most basic level. At right? the most basic I mean, level. Right. Like, if the mouth moves and, you, and, the, and the, the, the audio is not coming up just right, it looks weird. But just when you start thinking about, like, the, the the tones and like the lasers in this are so like the crackle and the sounds are so strong and powerful. Like you take that away, it it weakens everything. It, it, the, it yeah. visually it weakens it. Well, also you know they they mentioned how when she jumped down from the top of the truck to the ledge, you know, like you take that for granted. Like oh yeah, she's a superhero. That sounds like you know a nine thousand pound truck landing on a ledge. But right. no, that's. Put in there at the exact second. And, you know, and this is the other thing I wanted to ask him. Yeah, they have to go. All right, listen. I wanted to ask him about, like, you know, we talk about the bad mixes. Nothing drives me crazier than when the, like, music or the sound effects are loud and the dialogue is low. Right. What the hell is that? That's a good question. I want to ask him. I have a feeling that has to be that, back te- here. that technology <laughs> that folds everything back in. I really feel like the that it's built for that five point one, and so if you have everything there, you really are getting it. And then when it tries to fold it back into a stereo mix, that 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 audio track kind of gets stuck in there. Those mids get folded back in wrong. Ryan, you know what else I wanted to ask? If it was an urban myth or not. If uh, you know, you ever hear this 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 thing where they say that the wire commercials louder. No, I did not. On the mix, because everyone walks out of the room. Oh, interesting. To go, like, go to the bathroom or, you know, take a piss and go get some food. I thought you were going to ask something. Make it louder. Uh, really? Yeah, I want to know if it's true. Yeah, I want to know if this is an urban legend or if it's actually true. We'll have to ask them that next time. I thought you were going to ask something about saying. Wizard of Oz. I feel like there's always an urban legend about, like, oh, do you was there, is there really the sound of somebody hanging themselves in the back of the mother trees? Oh yeah, was there? No, no. There's a there was an urban myth for a long time that one of the munchkins on themselves, but it was it was not it was completely fake. 
Yeah, why would the mun- why does it have to be the munchkin? I don't know. You know, like why couldn't well, it have been uh, you know anyway, I digress. But uh but yeah. I was just gonna say, like, these the way that the um the thing that always interests me and one of my favorite things to learn, and that's why I'm so glad he was talking about it, is like it's a fried egg mixed with the sound of a gorilla, mixed with yes. like I love that. Like that concept of like, okay, we can find all the different sounds in the world because this doesn't exist. So let's take things we know, tweak them in ways like this and really bring them out um, in a, in a cool way. Like I love hearing that. You can create these formulas too. You like you said, the fried egg with the gorilla screaming, with the (laughs) car alarm, with the gives us this sound, you know? And I mean, it it is like different recipes in, in a lot of ways. See, if I was, if I was doing this, I tell you, I'd be like, Mad scienting, sciencing it, like the whole thing. Like, I'd be like, all right, get me a crate of dead chickens, get me nine bowling balls, get me 18 gallons of pig blood and a big brick wall with a blue tarp. Yeah. This is the fun. This is the experiments. This is the science of it in a weird sort of way, the weird experimenting. Like, you know, this isn't an audio thing specifically, but I remember reading about how uh, Spielberg figured out how to make the water pulse in the glass in uh, Jurassic Park with, uh, with the Tyrannosaurus Rex. So every step would make the water pulse. And he couldn't figure out how to make it, like, yes. perfect. And so he finally figured out that if he put a bass guitar string underneath the, the glass and plucked the string of the bass guitar, that sound actually created and that vibration created that water to look that exact way. That's oh, wow. Yeah, that's the that's cool. Yeah, story. but that's the kind of cool stuff that you do with this audio, these audio pieces and, and, and intermix them with the visual, like, you know, you're just going to mm-hmm. experiment. Like, hmm, that doesn't sound quite like a like a a, a a superhero, an Amazon superhero woman landing on. Tra- let's let's see what it sounds like when we add a train crashing into a you know yeah into a guardrail, and maybe that sounds a little bit more like it. Now let's turn up this and turn down this to see you know and slow this down. It really is something that, that and you know it's so overlooked because when it's done, you know, at this level, it seems seamless. Yeah. Truly, it's just integrated into, you know, the uh, world of the, you know, of the entire, you know, series or film uh, like Mm -hmm. it was always there. Right. Like, oh, yeah, that's how we picked it up. And that's the impressive part of it. And like, and again, it's the thing that gets lost in it all is there's so much that goes into it to make it seem like it's just part of everything. You you don't notice it unless it's bad. You you know, you you it, it makes something better if it's great. It right. makes some, it, but if you don't notice it, in, well or you, in, unless it's it's off, right? Yeah. Now listen, and it's not off at all in the boys. I mean, no, it's not. Even just thinking about that that thing we got banned from YouTube on. <laughs> <laughs> Throw up the horns. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It 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 really is. It's like to hold that blood in the air and then have it splash. And also they had the few pieces like on the side of his face. And you're hearing that as the wind is kind of blowing G force against Mm -hmm. him. So, and then how are you, what what are you using to combine? So anyway, uh, you know, we could have, we could have kept them on. Oh yeah. Forever. Yeah. No, they're, those guys are great. And I I like those guys too, because those guys are, you know, you, I, I look at all this stuff and you look at, you know, creative process, but these are the artisans. I look at these guys as the, they're the makers, the craftsmen, you know, they're, they're, they're still, they're artists. They're the blacksmiths that, you know, they're, they're artists. And at the same time, they're the creators of these things. They're, they're building, they're forging, forging. Yes. And by the way, impossible to do any of this without them, without all of these people, all the different people we're meeting in these different departments, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, 
and they are departments. It's not air quotes, you know, like, but departments, they are the essential sort of lifeblood that makes up every production. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to do it. I mean, you could go have a shitty sound mix. I mean, try to watch a movie with a shitty sound mix. You get pissed. You get pissed. It, it, it separates it. You're like this. I can't watch this. It doesn't matter. You could watch. If you were to watch that power movie, the, the, the one oh, yeah, the power watching. project. Power project, and that audio didn't crackle the way it needed to in those those scenes. You'd yes. stop watching. You'd stop watching immediately. Yeah. Or, or imagine if it just was like a boop or tinny. Yeah. It's like yeah, ding, ding. Boop. yeah. <laughs> boop. Like no, it's like. But really, it is okay. So let's not. We can just go down, down, down this rabbit hole. But we have a few minutes here, which. I mean, again, it's almost, it's not that many, but we have a few. So yeah. wasn't there a few things that we were talking about yesterday that we wanted to get into or no? Um, well, I wanted, there was a question I had for you um, that mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about that I noticed because, you know, obviously Ted Lasso is one of my new favorites, but it's something tonight I was noticing which it's coming out the next episodes tonight at midnight and I will be there for it. Um, but it also was something I noticed we were talking about that, uh, that uh, uh, other show on HBO Max or Peacock, right? The, um with uh with with ross from friends um oh uh, the nsa one the nsa one right right now maybe it's just coincidence and maybe it's just one of those things but i don't think it is we have mm -hmm. these shows with like an american lead but a very full british cast that's very clearly straight out of the uk and i just had a question about that like what is the, is that a way of making like i i guess there's a couple different ways it could go but like why why would we be seeing stuff like that starting to come out right now is it just because they want to create something that's more international is it is it a way of like i always imagined it was just because they were like trying to figure out how to get two people to pay for it you know what i mean well a lot of the times it is i mean listen you saw you, you see this in it started in film Right. Mm -hmm. It started in film in the idea that um, like you'll see it in these uh, millennium, uh, you know, the, the mechanic movies. Right. All of a sudden you'll see a Chinese villain like, and, right. and you'll start to see it in also in studio movies. Right. And you'll see a run of it like, oh, there's just oh, there's a Chinese woman now in this weird like third lead part. It's right. because they did the that a lot of the Marvel now, movies. Right. Like that. They, because they the have... hedge funds from the Chinese are funding these slates. So, okay. oh, if we put X, Y, or Z in there, the Chinese will give us 18 million or 50 million or whatever we need. All we got to do is put this guy in there and deal with all their politics and everything they tell us to do in the movie. Right. But they'll give us a whole grip of money to do it. Right. So I think you saw it start there. And then I think what was on its heels was always happening in TV, which was the international, you know, productions where these shows would, you know, there's so many shows that are get like, look at even Schitt's Creek. Uh, that wasn't even on, on right. an American broadcast. It's being shot you know with canada money and and there's all of these shows all over being shot on an international kind of foreign sales model but mm -hmm. now i think what we're seeing but we didn't see it as much in network because that business model didn't work with the licensing right uh, w with the way the network studio system was set yeah. up like the studio makes the sh the content the network buys the license to run the content x amount of times with whatever ads they want Got so it. the 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 international business model i don't think fit into that as well we're seeing that model dis you know dissipate now and right. I think what we're seeing come up is joint ventures, BBC, you know, because you have BBC, BBC America, right? So right. how many creators are sitting here going, you know what, maybe I just go to the BBC. What I've got to deal with these assholes over here and I'll go to some of the BBC and live in London for two years. You right. know what I mean, so, so I, I think you start to see the joint things, but it's also financial. I think you're starting to see these foreign sales companies come into TV now because of the streaming wars. 
Got it. Now, with the UK markets, I, I mean, I assume it's, you know, I know it's its own country, but it's also about the size of, you know, it's not that, it, it's not a gigantic place, but is the, how's the market over there? How is it pr- fairly substantial? Uh, in the UK? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're putting out a tremendous amount of content, but oh, know, yeah. it's weird because they only have a certain amount of stations. Right. Well, that's what I'm asking. I, I, and they I, don't have I, Hulu. <laughs> right. Right, though, but it's a real thing. I mean, they don't have Hulu. I mean, they have Netflix, but they don't have Netflix like we have Netflix. Right. So, and, so and they only need really like three question. episodes to make a season, you know. <laughs> but I think what you're getting is you're, you're not wrong. You know, like three hour and twenty minute episodes. Yeah, right. Harlan Coben's right. <laughs> new murder. <laughs> Another murder by Harlan Coben. It's like, oh man, just who is this guy, Harlan? Coben. But you know, but this, I think you're also seeing, you know, it's a, it's a, so they're socialist, right? So it's still state money, or you know, it's the government's money they're giving. So uh, maybe people feel it's like leaner. I'm not, I, you know, I don't have an answer for that, and I don't want to feign knowledge on it. Oh no, no, I actually I just, would like to find out. Yeah, I'm just curious about it. I think that there's something really interesting because, you know. It, there, there, there's such a thing as like making kind of a fish out of water thing, but it seems very deliberate to to throw David Schwimmer in there with uh, an entirely British cast. Um, it can't just be to to make him, you know, stand out as the American, you know. No, and listen, here's the thing. I mean, I didn't see Schwim. He wasn't directing it or writing it, which he's very talented at both. So, I, I mean, if I'm just you know hypothesizing, you know, you know, and he doesn't want to do stuff for money. I mean, Schwim's got enough money, right? It's not like he had, you know, so he's probably looking for something to do that's an interesting character. And I bet they offer him a whole grip of money, go to London. I mean, I I really, I kind of want to know now. Yeah. How the hell did this happen? We'll have to investigate a little bit of that because I'm I'm really curious because it's still just one market. It's still an English market, right? Like an English speaking market, um, which is great. With Ted Lasso, too. With Ted Lasso. Yeah. Right. And wasn't there something else recently as well? Well, we talked about Norseman being something that right. was filmed very spe- uh, specifically to, you know, be have an English the English track filmed at the recorded at the same time that the the Norwegian track was filmed. What about episodes? Remember episodes? Uh, oh yeah, like episodes. Matt LeBlanc. It was the reverse. They brought over the BBC stars, right, and to write the sitcom here. But we literally had to sit through. Mm-hmm. The bumbling dude and that weird woman. I love the show, but right. they were the ruination of the show for me. Like I was right. just like, get Matt Blanc back on, get the, get the other, get the network right. executive back on. Like, right. But we were, they were shoved down our throat. Maybe that's what's happening with Schwimmer. Maybe I mean, you know, that it's kind of that same thing. Yeah, it's, it's like a reverse Ricky Gervais, um, where. <laughs> yeah. Right, but that's exactly right. So, but but instead of seeing the remake, we're seeing the the merge. Yep. And I'm, I'm going to be curious. I'm going to keep a real strong eye out for it. I, th- I think that we'll start seeing it. You know, there, there's some Bollywood kind of crossover stuff that was starting to happen. I, I bet you we're going to steal, you know, just keep an eye on these streaming networks as they go. Um, I just think that you're going to start seeing some more of that, that, that stuff pop up, you know, more prevalently in like Apple and not just in Netflix. Because Netflix, I feel like, takes international shows and puts them on Netflix as Netflix originals, but doesn't necessarily intentionally go out and record something for the American audiences. That Indian show that with the Indian matchmaker that's got a lot of controversy was filmed specifically for Indian audiences and not for Americans, and then they brought it to America, and that's where it got the controversy happening. Um, Oh, is that what's going on with that? 
I'm um, nothing. It's just that they that the the that was designed very specifically for a specific audience, and so then they brought it over to America, and America's watching it. There's a little bit of that, like it almost becomes racist for Americans to watch it in a way. Like that's what the, oh. the kind of the feeling because it's like showing the side of India that's very specific and without all the context doesn't necessarily represent India in the best light. Right. So they're getting um, they're getting flack from from Indian right. the Indian culture for like kind of putting it out there, but not necessarily giving it all the the context. OK, well, I mean, I, I guess I could see that. I mean, I, I thought our, our friend Natasha Shandell was posting something about it. I saw that was the only reason I'm. even. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure about it, but that's that's kind of where it was like it was something that was, you know, and I can see that like if you if you take any show out of context, I used to love to watch Korean soap operas because there's all the kung fu and it was weird and I didn't understand it. But like it, I liked it for a very different reason that my than my friend's parents who watched them because they're Korean watched them. <laughs> right, Quagmire and, was in a Korean soap <laughs> yeah. opera. You know that, right? Oh, uh, was he? Uh, and so yeah. was, uh, and so was uh, what's his face uh, from the uh, uh, Brockmire? Is that who you met? Brockmire oh no, no, Quag- I meant Quagmire from Family Guy. There's a whole oh, okay. episode where they find out that he was the lead of a Korean soap opera, and they oh. make him go back to Korea, and it's like a whole K-pop episode. <laughs> well, Brockmire's fourth season uh-huh. opens with him as a Korean the pops or uh, uh, star oh. who finds out he's got a kid. Uh, a Korean child, and that's kind of how the the fourth season opens. When is this season going to come on to Hulu or something like? I don't know. I'm going to have to give you my Apple Plus because I already I've I mean, already I have bought Apple Plus. All, well, I already oh, bought all the episodes. I paid for all the episodes already. I should really get that from. Also, me. yeah, I also have AMC, like the yeah, so I can give you the thing so you can have the AMC because it's all on AMC Ooh, too. That's good. You got you bought the uh, like extra. Yeah, the extra. I'm yeah, extra. You get all the episodes. Yeah. Right. I like mm-hmm. that. That's a good option. That's why someone would pay extra. Mm-hmm. In other words, again, problem with Peacock. You get one episode and then you have to buy all of them. They never come out if you don't buy them. Again, I feel this is a usually flawed business model. They're not fixing it. Right. This hasn't been corrected. Not yet, but they don't need to until they actually, you know, tell cable dies. Right. Because they're really not making anybody pay for it. They're, all their subscription numbers are coming from. Just people who already well, I don't have, cable. have a subscription. I mean, I'm I'm on the free plan, and yeah. I can't watch another episode unless no, I'm and I can't either. Right. Now, why that, that a better question is why does someone like Schwim agree to that? How many people are not seeing this show because of that? Yeah, I think that you know, and that's where you have to go. There must have been some sort of back end deal that like maybe they um they are going to be the ones that get Schwim's kids into college, so he doesn't have to go do serve any jail time. Uh, well, they're by the wing. <laughs> This, this exactly. is the show that'll buy the wing that he needs to buy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, and and I wouldn't. You know, I still don't doubt that this is there. You know, like we're talking about, there's an international play here, like mm-hmm. that. You agree to do it because you want to be. You want to. You want to extend into this global brand. Right, and you're not seeing it with Netflix because Netflix is self-financed. Everything's internal. Yep. Even their, you know, foreign divisions internal. It's all mm-hmm. Netflix. So, yeah. but what, speaking of Netflix, though, I, I, have you been at all? Did you get at all into Teenage? Batman? Yes, yes, I've watched how, most how of. Far? I'm. In, I've got through the first episode. It's so fucking funny. It confused. I got super confused at first. I'll admit, like when they got in the wreck and all of a sudden had guns, I was like. Did I miss something? Are they already bounty hunters? And then I realized, oh no, they're just crazy, amazing women who like just yeah. don't give a fuck. Yeah, and you know they're you know Atlanta Jesus right wing NRA. Yeah. You yeah. know, daddy goes hunting every weekend. Yeah. We've been shooting since we're eight. Yeah. Well, we're what six. about K- Kadeem Hardison, man? Like that's the Kadeem first thing Hardison I've seen. is oh the best. 
You broke dick back. Go <laughs> When I, st- when I I yelled Kadeem Hardison in the room, and my wife's like, "Am I supposed to know this?" It's like Dwayne Wayne. You don't know who Dwayne Wayne is. Kadeem Hardison. And by the way, how good is he? He's so good. He's so good. I gotta I gotta keep exercising. God damn, you run fast. Salad. Salad too. I mean, and by the way, it goes back to my old saying: once a star, always a threat. Yeah, absolutely. And where do these two young lady actors come from? I have Maddie not seen Phillips and the Fellini woman. Did you do any? I'll, look I'll have to look up. That? I'll look up. I did not, but I, uh, that they were great. They are great. Well, it's Genji Cohen is EPing it, but it's a, right. a female uh, creator uh, who uh, she created the whole show. It's not uh, based off any IP or anything either. So now I'm curious. I think her name's Linda. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure it's Linda though. Uh, you're looking it up, aren't you? Yeah, I'm looking up everybody. It doesn't yeah. look like they really had a lot of major things. They've been like they've been in a lot of different things. They're from Canada. Um, not th- much on either, right? Not much on either. There's like they've done like little bit parts in other things, but nothing where they were in in, in front of it, like the main characters on anything. Doesn't look like. Yeah, and you feel like you're discovering new talent when you're watching this thing. You're like, whoa, these these they're great. They're so funny. They're little like twin conversations crack me up, like where they're just the middle of stuff. And then that's it's a really smart, great little like gimmick that they have to make them like have like just the the twin power of being able to talk to each other without actually saying words. Yeah. And and on top of it, you know, I mean, obviously it's a female creator, but man, does she really know what it's like to listen to women talk? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she does. I mean, she just is nailing this dialogue, and it seems so naturalistic. Like it, it feels like these the, the girls are making it up as they're talking. Oh yeah, no, it, it it feels great. It's it's a good show. Like I really had fun watching it. I'm I'm excited to get through this. Dark. Oh, dark. I mean, yeah. it starts with a a woman basically pressuring a young man into sex. Yes, which, it's dark. It's dark. <laughs> It's great. Um, wait, did you, before we go, oh, we have to go? We have to we go. We have to go, We're over. yeah. Okay, so until tomorrow, everyone stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Thanks for being here. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. See you tomorrow. A podcast network.